Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about age gaps in anime because it is time to address the elephant in the room. Anime really, really likes to give us age gap relationships in a lot of stories that are drama based. And some of the age gaps are just two adults with a large age gap. And other times, the age gap are between a teenager and a working adult. In fact, several of them came out this year, with that being a main focus of the storyline and the plot progression and the character development. Which we find particularly interesting because, as we all know, um, there are is there is a certain age where it's actually illegal for teenagers and adults to be considered in a relationship in the first place. But that being said, anime tends to be one of those media that really likes to highlight it and form a romantic relationship out of that particular situation. So. Before we start into the more cultural background of things, in particular, I just want a quick vote of a nay or a yay. How do you guys feel about it? How do you guys feel about romantic relationships between teenagers and working adults? Yay or nay? Nay, because what the f are you doing, adult? <laughs> That's <was> my reaction. <laughs> And so do you, what do you mean by, you know, what the F are they doing? Like, what, what's the problem with that particular uh, with that particular mindset that you have towards this type of relationship? It's like, why would you go after somebody who's pubescent and has not grown or has any hobbies or anything interesting other than the fact that they're pubescent? Mm, I see. <laughs> yeah, and also the fact that, you know, we talk a lot about, like, people who have who are underdeveloped in certain ways, one way or another, and high school is one of those phases. So I'm not sure what pulls people into that, but it's dangerous. Okay. And what about you, Isabel? Yay or nay? Towards the nay side as well. Um, and I think it's okay when when they're older, but yeah, same as Agnes, where like if they're in that middle school stage, maybe high school stage, and then you know you have the adult, I feel like that gap is very different. They are living in almost two different worlds. Sometimes it does work out, so I can't really complain about that. You know, if it works out, it works out great, but for the most part, it's very questionable to me. Yeah, like out of curiosity, since we're all in our 20s right now uh, and working, full-time working, would you be willing to date a teenager who's in college? No. Like in high school? Like, no. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to deal with your angst. I don't want to deal with your life crises because you're a high schooler. I have better things to take care of. Oh. <laughs> Agnes is not holding back in this so regard. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I mean, like, it feels weird because I have younger cousins than me who are in high school. And I look at them and I'm like, I would, even if they weren't family, I would never be attracted to a high schooler. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And It just feels very strange. Uh, and I completely agree. And so I think Agnes, you really hit the nail on the uh, you hit the nail on the head in regards to what I also find really problematic with the portrayal of you know age gap romances, in particular between a teenager and a working adult, because a teenager's 
place in life versus a working adult's like mindset is just two completely different places. It's like, you know, I'm the same way. I cannot, um, despite being in my 20s, I cannot imagine, you know, looking uh, at a teenager and thinking, oh, yeah, I date them. They just they look so different in what they're worried about and what they're trying to find figure out in life from where I am and what I'm trying to figure out in life that I just I just cannot imagine being on a similar level to be able to converse and be in a relationship and this leads me into some particular topics that I do find it necessary to discuss because one thing is over the years there has been um, a lot of people who have openly disapproved of the fact that anime tends to portray a lot of romantic relationships between a teenager and a working adult. And the pushback has always been about how, you know, it's a fantasy, it's not real life, and so you get, so you shouldn't take it too seriously, and, you know, you should just take fiction as it is, which I've talked about this before, but I think that mindset is just completely wrong because, once again, culture affects media and media affects culture. It's a never ending circle of cause and effect. There is no break between them. So it is quite impossible to say like, oh, it's fiction. So it has nothing to do with reality. So we shouldn't worry about it at all because it actually absolutely does. And it actually has a huge effect. In fact, there are plenty of case studies online of act of like media, whether it's from cartoons, from live action movies that have affected fashion, that has affected language, that has affected, you know, what makes certain things popular. Like that's a direct effect on culture. And so to me, when anime is portraying a relationship between a teenager and a working adult, it's really dangerous because yes, maybe working adults do know better, or I sure hope they do. (laughs) But Working adults know better when they're watching these things that they should not go after teenagers because teenagers are gullible. They're still learning a lot about the world and also learning a lot about themselves. And so it's like we might be aware of that fact while we're consuming this media. But unfortunately, teenagers aren't as aware. And this isn't just me like pulling it out of like a hat per se. Uh, if you look it up online, there are very much real psychologists, uh, child psychologists, psychology papers about how teenagers, the place that the teenager's brain development is at, makes them feel more mature and adult than they actually are, when in reality, their brain is still trying to understand their own identity. They feel like they've already reached past that point where they're at the same level as adults, which is just not the case whatsoever. And so having teenagers consume media of romantic relationships between a teenager and a working adult is dangerous in the sense that while the adult might know better, the teenager very much might not and a very good chance of them not knowing once again, just because of brain development stages and nothing else. And it becomes really dangerous because the working adults who do choose to engage with teenagers in this in like romantic relationships, they are either doing it because they know it is easy to manipulate and uh, to take control of the teenagers lives, or they are so emotionally immature 
that they cannot connect with other people around their age range and have to go down to the teenager level where the brain development is still in the stage of trying to figure out their own identity, which that in itself is another whole take, you know, that sounds really scary, but ironically is actually the better option because it means that they're not as likely to be emotionally abusive, uh, you know, and manipulative and gaslighting and stuff like that. And for people who do want to um, specifically, who do want to defend this particular with saying like, oh, I know real people who have, you know, gone through this sort of relationship and it works out and stuff. I'm not saying that it never works. You know, like Isabel has already pointed out, there are always exceptions to the rules. But Mm -hmm. in the case of something where teenagers are just so much more at risk versus being not at risk. I One psychologist put it best, a child psychologist put it best, which is, isn't it just safer and better to put a blanket rule and make it, you know, non-legal and not allow this type of portrayal and this type of relationship to protect teenagers because the vast majority of them are not going to filter into those exception stories. The vast majority of them are going to filter into the exceptions of the adult taking advantage of essentially, and I know there's going to be teenagers listening to this and they might disagree, but essentially children getting taken advantage of. And so, and this is why it's really concerning to see all these adult and teenager relationships in anime because Japan also doesn't have a good track record of protecting kids from these situations. There are actually still magazines with teenage girls around like 14 to 15 posing in sexy poses. And it's specifically marketed towards working men. And I think the title of the magazine translates to like, watch these flowers before they bloom or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's so vulgar. Yeah. And that's, and by the way, that's not considered porn in Japanese. Yeah, it's not considered porn. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Japan has very weird laws when it comes to also age consent and marriage Mm -hmm. as compared to a lot of other Western countries where a lot of Western countries have, they understand this problem and have since bumped up the age to make it legal for marriage. But in Japan, technically... The age of consent is like what twelve or thirteen for young girls. Yes, federal and like is 16 still thir- for boys. Federal is still thirteen for girls, and then it's different for every prefecture. Um, they yeah. they do have their own rules per se, but most of them still are at sixteen. Which let's be honest, I don't think I I like am in the right state of mind at sixteen year olds because they're adult. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> And I think, and that's the whole thing, is the brain development at that age is not complete. It is very much still trying to figure out its own identity. And so, yeah, Japan has a not-so-great view, and specifically about consent and how it works, especially when it comes to protecting their women and protecting their girls. Case in point, that very popular magazine that is still printed today of 15-year-old girls, and it's uh, in bikinis, and it's not considered porn, and it's marketed towards middle-aged men, middle-aged working adult men. So, and it's completely legal, obviously, because it's still very successful. Uh, So with that in mind, this is why we find it really important to discuss this and 
gives a little bit of cultural context, though I don't actually know why Japan is so different and skewed about this. Do you have the slightest clue at all, Agnes? I, I know I didn't ask you to research this, so this is me just <laughs> putting it out there right now. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Um, I think it's it's probably, have I don't know, this is just my own conjecture, so I could be completely wrong. You can actually ask a, a, real, Jap- a, a real Japanese person or an expert on the culture. But part of me wants to think that it's because Japan has a very weird, idealistic view about being invigorated by the young youth. In different ways, whether it be, it's kind of like the Lolita effect that we have in the West, where a lot of people who are in their middle ages are either going through a crisis or they have like a, a past trauma that they've never been able to unravel. And then some sort of sprightly youth comes into their life and becomes like their muse, which probably feeds into a lot of a bit of the Japanese idealism and then takes a darker turn for the worst in that regard. And so that's why you have a lot of these like publications where they're not pornographic by nature, but they incentivize people to buy it regardless because it's something that quote unquote is not bad. Mm-hmm. It's an ideal, if anything, which is very, very dangerous because if you don't look at how it affects the other party, then you're going to be in a world of hurt. Yeah, I that I think that makes a lot of sense, though, because Japan does have this fascination with the youth, you know, and maintaining that youth yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a youth problem in both like cultivating the next generation for it. And then also a youth problem in the aging generation that doesn't seem to die. Mm-hmm. OK, well, that does answer my question. And I mean, uh, you know, you have prefaced this saying that you're not sure if this is accurate and this is your own conjecture, but I get the reasoning behind your conjecture so (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so with that being said uh we are here still to talk about anime so let's actually cover some of the anime with age gap relationships namely between a working adult and a teenager and you know discuss an anime with a relationship we do not approve of whatsoever and explain why and you know and then potentially either provide another anime with a age gap relationship that you do find uniquely works or um or you can describe you know what you would change in the in the bad version the bad one that you pick to to be acceptable so i'm going to start with you agnes since i already asked you about the cultural aspect thing so i'm really (laughs) curious as to what you pick whether you picked another anime or whether you want to fix the first anime you picked so what's the first anime example that you have in which you don't think the relationship is well done and well portrayed. You know, the thing is, you asked me us to do research on this topic, and I actually found myself very empty-handed because I don't watch these shows. I actively avoid them. Uh, the moment I see it mm-hmm. on a description, and I immediately say, this is something I don't want to watch. Okay. And I immediately get a bad taste, and I just kind of leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some shows that I kind of peripherally kind of danced around, but never really got back to. And I think one of them was After the Rain, which puts me in a bit of a complicated situation, because After the Rain has very nice visuals. Um, it's very aesthetic, but then the relationship between the female and the male character, the female character is 45 years old and is a, is a manager, wait, a waiter, is a manager at a restaurant and she's a high schooler is already very problematic. And it really feeds into my original discussion about how there's this weird fantasization between showing the youth falling in love with the older adults. 
thankfully they didn't get together in the end, which I am glad for. And that through, I guess, their interactions, they were able to diverge and pursue the passions that they were going towards originally in the first place. But it seems very weirdly put to use that as a relationship point. As kind of like clickbait. Mm -hmm. I see. And it's interesting because I didn't watch After the Ring for that reason. I I saw it was a high school girl interested in a 40-year-old man. And with the visuals being all sparkly and almost kind of shoujo-esque, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I I don't want to touch this. But yeah, I only watched the last, the first like three episodes. And then I was kind of like, I can watch other things. Then I got distracted by something shounen or action-y, which is far safer in my opinion. (laughs) Um... And then uh, just before we started this, I did some extra research to read into the background. And that's when I spoiled to myself, like, they never got together. And I was like, okay, thank God. But what's really unsettling is I read a couple comments from the forums of people and how they were saying that I'm really glad that he made, that Kondo, the the manager, made realistic decisions. And Akira also made, quote unquote, realistic decisions for the two of them to never be in a relationship. But the viewers say that they felt empty that the ship was never fulfilled, which I think is a little bit dangerous. Too. Oh, like it, it's concerning for you to see people basically be like, I wish this ship had sailed, correct? Yeah, part of them, like they recognized that it was bad, but it was so bittersweet enough that they were just like, I, I guess it's unfortunate kind of thing. And it's it's a, it's a little bit unsettling. It's like, I I don't know. I don't know if that's okay, man. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, totally to put it simply. When I watched it, I kind of was like, oh, I want to root for the two together. But I was also like, that is so wrong if they actually get together. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's, that's, yeah, see that's, that's an example of it. And so it makes me sit down and think, like, why, then why do we encourage types of media like this then? Mm-hmm. I, I have a question then for both of you two. Since, you know, you've said that, like thank goodness the ending isn't that they got together but actually they went their separate ways so that's great kudos for that you know and I think that was actually one of the reasons why after the rain didn't get as much of a backlash from people because they saw that it wasn't like an end game situation but did they still start it off portraying it in a romantic light? Like the framing of things and the dialogue or? Mainly a good chunk of it was from Akira. Okay. Herself. Okay. Because she's very much, she very much falls into the trope of like the high school girl has been defeated by an injury that she got on her track team. So she feels like life is hopeless. Life is despairing. And then she meets an older man who, brings like the spark of life into her back into her life and then a lot of people also interpret as it was her escapism which makes a lot more sense because she was very depressed for a long time after she sustained her sports injury and she struggled to reconnect with her old track team and her old passion um and in a way uh kondo was also like that too because he's kind of like working as a manager for this uh like diner restaurant when in reality it's revealed later on that he used to be a writer Oh, and it wasn't and it wasn't until he reconnected with some old buddies and started to kind of like figuring out his feelings towards Akira did he start moving towards being a writer again. But I think the majority there was like maybe some glimpses and scenes of where Kondo was starting to feel feelings, I guess, as well. But 
most of it was from Akira, which I think, which is why people was were more okay with it because they said, oh, they kind of sympathized with the female lead as somebody who's looking for escapism and as somebody who was experiencing their first crush. Right. I was about to say that's uh that is realistic in a way that I am able to understand it. You know, um, it's a thing for teenagers to develop crushes on older men, on adults and stuff. So I. So I don't right, think because it's an idolizing part. Yes, exactly. They idolize them for their age and their maturity and think like, oh, I want to be as mature as they are. So they try to step it up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's actually um, so I have heard after the rain is one of the more nuanced takes of this per se. And you're definitely saying it from the way you're describing it, stuff like that. But it is interesting how the fans of it didn't seem to understand the context text or i guess ultimately the theme of the story and instead was focusing on the ship itself so yeah that is interesting (laughs) yeah at one point i was just like you guys need to find better romances to read uh but there is like a slew there is a bad track record of a lot of age gaps in anime especially in the more fetishized fandoms of like yaoi Mm -hmm. or like uh yeah or any straight hetero romance i see less of it in yuri but i see more of it in yaoi and straight head uh, relationships Mm -hmm. you're right yeah that's not really a thing in yuri that is fascinating okay (laughs) i think it's well it's going back to the whole topic with yuri that a lot of it takes place within the school setting it's the the s school genre trope where they fall in love but then it's a phase and then they grow out of it as they graduate school so i think because yuri is so hypercentric in the school phase it never tries to push the girls to seek attention outside of school interesting versus in like yaoi a lot of the it's like very dangerous very foreboding right kind of love. right so they're very willing to go the extra mile for that extra trope and then head romances is just a mess altogether because media in general (laughs) (laughs) okay well since you picked such an interesting uh anime and i know your library isn't exactly filled with them because you tend to just avoid them (laughs) um so do you have an example of an anime that has that sort of age gap romance that you find yourself like kind of in a unique situation where you're like it works or is it something in particular and after the rain that you would change that would make you feel a little more comfortable uh, I think after the rain ended the way that it could in the best way possible without being flagged as underage porn. Right, right. <laughs> uh, in the in the heaviest sense, right? But I think something that really is similar to after the rain would be very close and second would be Ancient Magus Bride. Because Ancient oh, Magus right. Bride has a lot of red flags in episode one. Right, right. <laughs> to yeah. be fair, mm-hmm. I, I, I was a pretty avid reader of it when I was much younger. So it's the more idolizing part of me that very much cringes now these days. Um, but yeah, Ancient Magus Bride starts off as that. Chisei is 15. She is very dubiously sold into an auction house. We still don't know why she willingly gave herself up to an auction house, but that's besides the point. She gives herself up to an auction house to be bought out because she is somebody who can see spirits and fae and a lot of mystical creatures, but is unwanted by her family. And then she is adopted or basically bought by Elias Ainsworth, who is basically who is a demon in one regards of another. And he's a lot, a lot older. And for a lot of people, especially with the clickbaity title of Ancient Magus, right? People are, wow, oh my god, this is so scary. What is she's going to happen? Is this some shoujo clickbait? Especially with the name Bride. And then in the anime, they get married at the end. This is very concerning. But 
after reading about it in the manga, because I'm still actually an avid manga reader for it, it's very different. They're not romantic in the sense that you see all the shoujo relationships, but it's more of like Elias is very emotionally stunted. He's very much of what you described earlier, Gracie, how a lot of these older male characters may be emotionally not mature and underdeveloped and as a result seek out other characters who might be in that similar state. And Elias is sort of like that too, because he's a demon, but he has no real maturity to him as compared to a lot of the other characters in the show who may be human or fey. And so he struggles a lot with understanding what is exactly love. And Chisei as well too, because she's a young adult. She is a teenager. And so it's the fact they never kiss or anything. They're just more of like cohabitating with each other and learning how to like coexist, which I think is a far better usage of the manga's time than focusing on the romance i see yeah and elias does have more of an excuse to be so emotionally undeveloped because he's a creature and he's actually not fully aware of you know yeah like of who he is really either and so yeah yeah. and whenever elias gets possessive if she say like in the typical romancy way sort of she snaps at him she straight up slapped him too because what he did as a demon was very unforgivable to her where he spirited away one of her friends to get to and kind of gave her her friend away because he was envious of the bond that she had created with her new friend. And she basically slapped him and said, no, fuck you, and went to go save her friend. So in a way, it feels, I'm in a very strange position because I really love the manga and its aesthetic since I grew up kind of reading it. Right. But at the same time, I do notice a lot of its clickbaity flaws using two characters that are emotionally underdeveloped and using the title literally called Ancient Magus Bride. Mm, I see. So it's it's a bit of a unique situation for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thankfully the manga doesn't hyper-focus on their relationship afterwards either because they now focus on the more worldly problems of wizards versus maguses versus like actual spirits and fays. Right. So it takes a different turn rather than sticking to the romance, which I guess is why it continues to entice people rather than having it fall flat yes that makes sense and that actually what's funny is i've kind of been wondering about your opinions on the relationship before (laughs) i had a lot of mixed feelings but at the end of the day i am okay with it because actually koray-san koray sensei writes a lot of age gap works interesting now that i I did not know that she writes a lot of age gap works her earliest work is actually between a high school-ish kid and a and a college graduate too. Oh interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's about like their love for books. And eventually they do get married in the end. Um but it's very interesting. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know before when I read it I was happy for them when I was much younger. But now I'm looking at them like I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, that's see that's what I'm saying. That's the whole thing. Like teenagers, like me okay, so like Even with someone like me, and this is actually a perfect lead into my pick, um, even someone like me who wasn't as enamored with the whole romance um, uh, during the Twilight era, I, so I've talked about it briefly, but I think it has, a a large part of it has to do with the fact that I am ace, 
And so I didn't have that sort of hormonal teenager stage where I really wanted the 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 romantic relationships. I really wanted sort of like I I didn't have that sort of like lust that some that some people had just because their body is changing. Mm. No other reason. Like I just I missed out on that completely. And so that's why I never really got into the twilight phase. But even as someone who is so critical about romantic relationships as a teenager, while not trying to actively be that I'm not like other girls sort of like thing. I just genuinely didn't understand it. Even I was okay with these sort of relationships between teenagers and adults. And so it really just shows you like, yeah, as a teenager, you really do feel more mature than you actually are. Because now that I am an adult and I look back, I'm just like, no, 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 <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Because it's like, like, I wouldn't, definitely cannot see a high school student as a potential love interest for myself. Like, no way. We are in two completely different spots. But it just doesn't feel like it as a teenager. Which leads into one anime that just drove me nuts. Because, unfortunately, it was a big hit amongst anime trending people. Especially on the couples chart. It is Koikimo. That, I think that's. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had discussions about this. Yes. Uh, Koikimo is uh, the. It's a romance anime between a high school girl and her best friend's older brother, who I think is actually isn't even in his 20s. I think he's in his early 30s. So this isn't even like 30, a five year gap situation. This might potentially be like a 10 year gap situation as a teenager. And oh my gosh, that's more than 10 years because she's only, if she's in high school, she's around 16, like, yeah, more than 10 years gap. And so it was a huge hit amongst um, the couples chart. But I think what was most concerning for me, but also not surprising was we do get demographic details about the people who vote. It's actually girls who voted a lot more for the main couple than guys. In fact, oh, really? my um, from what the couple's results when it's like split between guys and girls are, while they are on the quote unquote top 10, they're a lot lower on the charts when it's just the guys. And they are like second place and third place amongst teenage girls, especially. And that leads to my whole thing because the thing is, I was very deftly aware that if I watched this as a teenager, I probably would have shipped them as well. Like, I would have been one of those teenage girls voting for them on the couples chart because it has all the setup of like those shoujo romance, you know, it's the girl is dismissive of the guy. She finds him weird. And he's that person who can't form a romantic connection, but immediately like falls for her because she's the first one that ever rejected him. You know the story. <laughs> like that, it sounds familiar, right? Like, am I the only one who who thinks that like sort of romantic subplot or this romantic storyline sounds familiar in regards to like the guy who was popular who's never been rejected before, but now he's gotten rejected, so he falls head over heels for the girls who rejects him. Like that's a popular trope, and. And so it's like, I know that as a teenager, I would have been head over heels like in uh, for for this type of anime with the shoujo bubbles and everything. But it is so, so, so very wrong because he is not just an adult who's like been working one or two years in the workplace. He has 
been working for a long time. He's in a very high position. And he just knows so much more about life. And the fact that he was even attracted to her because she was rejecting him and because he found her super duper cute and innocent. Like she he even said it like she's so pure. Like, oh, it just it gave me rom vibes all over. And and it just like continuously just made me worried once again because it was teenage girls who was voting for this ship who really felt something for this couple when it just it is just so so wrong because he should a hundred percent know better like that's that's what it is case in point he should know better than to go after a girl who hasn't even been in a relationship before I like if I think about it like even if they were within legal age of each other it still wouldn't feel completely right anymore with the idea of consent and stuff but he is a 30-something-year-old guy who is continuously pursuing after a 16-year-old girl who is telling him no. Like, that sounds terrible. Am I the only one who thinks that sounds terrible? <laughs> it does. I mean, if she's saying no, it's no. And, you know, the fact that she's a lot younger than him, yeah, it does. it's not okay, really. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, he feels turned on when, like, she gets all upset at him. Like, that's wrong. <laughs> That's wrong, plain and simple. That's leaning very hard into pedophilia realm, and that's not that's not the way, my dude. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And once again, it is unfortunate, but teenage girls were the one voting for this couple, and it's actually, believe it or not, it's actually a lot of guys who are like, I don't really get the appeal of this relationship, and as it's like, it's this is one of those moments where it's like. <laughs> They have a point. Like, I know we criticize guys for, you know, sort of con being condescending, kind of like waving away like girly stuff and saying it's not as cool as like teenage boy stuff and stuff like that. And that's a whole other topic I won't get into. But in this case where it is like the teenage or the boys who are like, I don't really get the appeal of this relationship. And it's the girls who are like voting for it. I'm like, they kind of have a point here. I'm sorry, it's but kinda, they kind of do. But ironically, it's very much the kettle calls the pot black. It goes both ways, too. It's not just the girls fawning over somebody who is, you know, older than them and they're more handsome and they can provide, they can shower them with gifts and grooming. But it works the complete opposite as well, too, with boys fantasizing about women who are older than them, too. Yes, yes. And that's definitely, there is another anime that even illustrates that. And I do think that ship was pretty popular with the guys. So you are absolutely correct. I mean, in general, there are a lot of harems that throw in the teacher into the harem mix, too. Yeah. So don't get me started with that one, because that one is... <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. No one is safe. And they're always the one no with one the is big exempt from this as fate. well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, she alluringly pulls something out of her breast pocket, whatever that is. <laughs> breast um, <laughs> it's a cleavage, I know, but I, it's a breast pocket. <laughs> um, oh, we are calling it breast pocket from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it goes both ways no one's exempt from this criticism and then when you critically look at both sides you realize like there's a problem with media that portrays this overall and continues to perpetuate it mm -hmm. exactly so did any of you two watch it i hope you did it because it made no. me angry so 
I've seen enough angry rants on from you and a few comments on Facebook, and I read the summary, and I said no, <laughs> and I turned off my computer. Very smart. What about you, Isabel? <laughs> it's the same with me. I actually started watching it a little bit, but I just okay. I just feel like the characters weren't that great, or something. You know, usually I would watch the show if I liked one, at least one of the characters, but in this right. show I couldn't mm-hmm. find that, and then I found the age gap to be weird, and the fact that the male lead usually I would go after the male lead and being like okay well the male lead's okay the girl's the girl's uh just there so i would probably put myself in <laughs> she's you she's the self-insert exactly usually i would self-insert that's the thing but in this case i was like self-insert i'm like no so yeah i just didn't finish and you're legal age too so <laughs> god trying to self-insert yourself as a high schooler sounds painfully <laughs> but it's like even she does she is in the right legal age and she doesn't even like him like so i guess like since you did watch a few episodes like what was your initial thoughts on him like did he creep you out or you know like yeah <laughs> yeah in some instance i feel like he was just too stereotypical in a sense you know he's good looking has a good job he's like good with the ladies or something so i was like okay well this is like you said every other typical character that i might find in the young adult book or something and i was like that's Mm-hmm. pretty boring to me now it's it overdone i probably would have liked it as a teenager but now yeah no <laughs> <laughs> we know better see this is the difference when you become adults <laughs> <laughs> you learn that the world is a lot more dangerous once you leave the safety of your guardian's home honestly it's yeah it's insane because i think like and this is a bit of a tangent since this is not about like age gap romances anymore but I was thinking to myself the other day that as busy as I was in high school, and I think all of us were pretty busy in high school. I mean, classes were hard because we were having like seven classes in a single day and all of them have homework. And some of the teachers are mean and like to put the exams on the same day with each other. And so, um, and so it's like, yeah, like it was, it's like we were really busy and somehow we were still able to carve out time for ourselves for like hobbies and, you know, like, for example, I used to read a lot more when I was a teenager in high school, despite as busy as I was, because I somehow just managed to find time to read. But finding time to read now is a lot harder as an adult because that change, leaving your guardian's home where you just realize there's so many other stuff in life that you have to worry about, even if you're not taking seven classes in a day where you might potentially need to study for like five exams because they're all taking place at the same time, you still just feel like there's less time. It's just absolutely insane how it works once you reach adulthood and you start doing these things. So anyway, I digress. (laughs) That's like a little thing that I've been thinking about. But I am going to mission an anime with an age gap romance situation that like pulled it off per se. And the and it's it actually hasn't been animated in the anime itself. But I, I just went to the source material. So there is spoilers in this regard. It's from the heroic legend of Arslan or Arslan Senki. There is. Oh, do you know which one I'm, I'm talking about or. Uh. No, not really, but yes, let's talk about Legend of Arsenal. Okay. Because <laughs> I have very mixed feelings about the anime production. Okay, <laughs> well, the the specific age gap romance-ish thing that I ended up being okay with is between Narciss and, oh, I forgot her name. She has red hair. Oh, how did I forget her name? Um, But she joins the crew later. 
Um, and essentially, she uh, essentially she is a teenager. She is sixteen, and she gets saved by Narcissus, who um, who she then completely idolizes immediately after that because he saved her life. She's the bow user. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what's her name? Okay, it, yeah. It's driving me nuts that I can't remember her name. Uh, Elam. Wait, no, that's not Elam. Elam is the is no. The... Elam's the blonde chick. <sighs> Dang it! Let me look up the characters. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right oh now. My... Please hold. <laughs> I cannot believe I should have wrote this down. This is this is on me. I'm so. Oh, it's sorry. not Elam. It's not Elam. Uh, Alfred. Yes, yes, you're right. It's Alfred. Okay, so basically, Alfred is 16, and her clan gets massacred. And Narcissus, who is 26, so he's 10 years older than her, ends up saving her, and she immediately becomes infatuated with him. And she says she's in love with him. And she wants to marry him, and she's like his fiance and all that stuff. And the thing is, I did kind. So I actually started this not as worried because. The author for the novel series that the anime is based on is the author behind The Legend of the Galactic Heroes. And considering that a whole motivation for the main character, Reinhardt, in um, in Legend of the Galactic Heroes is the fact that his teenager sister, older sister, got taken as a concubine by an adult man, I had a feeling that he was not going to actually like write something so problematic of a relationship between the teenager who is clearly infatuated with the adult man who saved her life. And so, and the two of them do end up together, but it's not in the way that I was worried about. So in the novel series, what happens is from the get-go, when she was like, you know, you know, he's going to, I'm going to marry him. I'm in love with him and all that stuff. He immediately like turns it down, like just point blank turns it down. Oh, and I remember that. Yeah. In the anime, yeah. Like, even Daryun, who was like, 10 years isn't that big of a difference, which for that time period that this, like, you know, fantasy world takes place in, yeah, 10 years was a pretty common age gap in that time period. Narcissus was still like, don't joke with yourself. She is a child and I'm an adult. Like, don't even think about it. The big difference, though, in how their relationship developed is that he treated her like a co-worker rather than as like a little sister to look mm -hmm. after because that muddles the relationship as well. But no, instead, because she decides to join Arslan's crew, he was like, okay, so we are allies now. So I'm going to treat you as I treat all my allies. I expect you to pull in your weight. I expect you to offer something as we help Arslan essentially uh, ascend the throne. And so he treats her like a coworker completely. And as the and this is going past the anime, but in the novel series, as time goes on, she definitely starts maturing a lot more, and it eventually reaches to a point where she recognizes what she feels for Narcissus is infatuation, and she backs off in that regard, and then she becomes her own person in her own right, like a warrior woman, and then she realizes during as an adult during all this time, she has genuinely started to develop feelings for Narcissus rather just than just like that infatuation of him saving her life. And it wasn't until like she was in her 20s and like and very much has been like operating on her own with her own agency and goals that Narcissus even began to think about it. And it was only because of the fact that Daryu uh, was like, hey, I think she's not just infatuated with you anymore. Like, I think she has genuine feelings for you and you should probably, like, 
either just reject her, you know, and just nip nip the bud or, you know, think about it now that, you know, she is an adult and it's not like you two have developed any like sort of other relationship aside from allies and coworker. And so this is like a really, really unique situation where I ended up being okay with how the relationship ended up together because of just the journey of how it got there and how point blank Narciss was where he just locked up any thought of it being like, no, like, do not be ridiculous. She is a child. I'm an adult. This is not something I will even attempt to, you know, think about or like, you know, entertain. And so that's why. So this is one of the unique ones that I was okay with. Uh, It's I guess like Agnes, since I know you have issues with the story itself, like what did like, how did you feel about, you know, at least between those two and what you saw in the anime when he just rejected it? Like, it was pretty relieving, right? <laughs> yeah, it was more of like a comedy gag. But then at the same time, because I do study history on the side, mm-hmm. I understood where she came from as well, because it's a combination of a crush and an infatuation and a tradition. Mm. Well. As opposed to a lot of modern teenagers now who like look up to men who are older than them, it's an infatuation straight up because they're not bound by the tradition of marrying early. And I imagine because she was a daughter of a clan, right. the daughter of a chieftain, yeah. this tradition of marrying early and birthing probably like strong warriors and also her being a warrior is part of her fulfillment duties towards the clan itself before, you know, it ultimately fizzled out and died. Her- I believe, with the clan, which is why she joined Narcissus in the first place. Right, correct. So so with that in mind, it really shapes up how differently her circumstances would have been. Because if she still was connected with her clan, if her clan was still alive and Narcissus had rejected her, I feel like she would have just gone around and found another man and got married at like 16, 17 still. Right, right. And I think she did mention like, you know, this is around the age that women are in her tribe were expected to marry and stuff like and right. Exactly. And there is political intent behind it too. Narciss comes from a good noble family. So if anything, like that does like raise the political positions. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I remember Arslan being like really appalled by it too, because he's like so young. He's 13. Right. He's like, how could you think of marriage at oh. this point? And he's like very he's very virgin child. <laughs> 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 um, he's very virgin he's very baby um and and um she seems she's like very proud of it she's like i am a woman of 16 i am eligible for marriage and it's such a rooted tradition that i can't say no to it because there are people who still do that uh today because they are rooted by tradition rather than being in a modern society where there are bigger stakes at hand and heavier consequences mm-hmm. right correct yeah, that's definitely an angle I didn't think of, but it, like, to me, it just makes me even more relieved of all the portrayal of it, so. Yeah, I'm glad that it became something much later, and especially when she's much older and has more agency and can do things on her own without relying on the infatuation to pull her through. Right, exactly. Because, like you said, like, we talk about how the infatuation is also heavily linked with how, I guess, socially secure you are right yes in your mm-hmm. unit in your parental unit mm-hmm. whether it's you have actual parents or you have guardians um and then you try to look for attention elsewhere without realizing that there are people already who are sheltering you from the world's problems and when you finally get out there and also have a relationship you're like oh shit <laughs> how do i handle both mm-hmm. right exactly uh yeah so that's so that's my example of one that 
actually does pull it off, but as you can see, has very specific reasons in how they got there and how they portrayed it. So we are very particular about this. So uh, Isabel, you're the last one who still hasn't shared yours. And so I am really curious to hear, you know, which anime did you pick that was problematic for you? And, you know, um, is there an anime that did manage to pull it off the way that, you know, Asian Magus Bride did for Agnes and Arslan Senki did for me? Or would you rather just try to fix the first anime that you weren't a big fan of? <laughs> yeah, for mine, I honestly try to think of a way to fix it. And I don't think there is a way to fix it unless we completely oh, change the story. Okay. So, yeah, the one I want to talk about is Super Lovers. I don't know if either of you have seen that, but... Oh god. oh god, oh god, oh yeah. god. <laughs> oh no, we're going this territory. The forbidden yaoi's of the 2000s. <laughs> we don't talk about these anymore. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> Describe it. <laughs> okay, Super Lovers is like, is basically a BL. So it's between uh, a young boy named Ren and then an uh, older boy named Haru. The other thing that's thing about this is that Ren is actually adopted into the family, so they're technically brothers. So when I watched this show, I I was it was so I was so anxious and it, I felt so unsettled about it. I was like, is this okay to watch? I don't know what the heck I'm watching. <laughs> is this okay to watch? That should be a big red flag. Exactly. And then the surprise is I watched both seasons of it, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. And if there's a third season, I probably will be like, I shouldn't watch this, but I will watch it. Just because I'm just invested in it for some reason. Wait, there's a third season? There may be a third season. I have no idea. I mean, if there were a third season. I have totally forgotten pretty much anything that happened in the anime. I had to like reread stuff and rewatch stuff, so... That's probably a good sign. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's also like good. Out of memory. Also good, yes. <laughs> All right. So break it down to us, Agnes. There's a, there's a whole bit of a mess in this house. So. Yeah. You mean Isabel? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I don't know why I said that. Um, Isabel, yeah. Break it down for us. Uh, this sounds like a mixed basket of issues, but. So Ren, uh, our, young, uh, our young boy, he grew up in Canada and he was basically kind of like a wolf boy because he was kind of raised by these wolves so he's very antisocial. he doesn't really know how to speak when he moves to japan to live with uh haru um he pretty much doesn't interact he pretty much interacts with haru like a dog and but then there's this um thing that haru remembers in the past that they made a promise and stuff like that but conveniently ren forgets all of this he doesn't remember anything he's just like what who are you you know you're my brother i don't know what a brother is or something so wait he doesn't remember that he has a brother or like he doesn't remember that they kind of like interacted before and that oh. yeah so like he yeah and then and so like they're like trying they basically um first try to like learn about society or something so i think that part I was okay with because that kind of makes sense. You're supposed to guide someone who's not been in society and obviously a younger child um, into how they should be functioning in society. The problem is like when they actually start falling in love with each other, but you know, in Ren's case, it's kind of being he only knows Haru because he's the you know, Haru's the one that kind of taught him and kind of basically, I want to say almost groomed him a little bit because you know, this is the only life that he's known. But Haru should know better, but 
he's he's maybe like 22 24 that's like his age um later in the anime and for ren he's about like 16 so he goes to school and stuff so i think the unsettling part for me was when he was a young boy and haru was with him as well of course haru was younger and even though when they grow together throughout the relationship and you know haru kind of takes advantage over the fact that ren doesn't know too many things and i i just feel that it's it's just really uncomfortable <laughs> to watch, but it's, so, it's super dramatic too. I think that's why I was driven by it. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about what I'm talking about, I'm like, maybe this is a bad one to talk about and I should not have watched this, but here I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good to expose our demons <laughs> once in a while, so that's okay. That's okay. It's this okay. This is a safe space. <laughs> this is a safe space. And I think a lot of fans will understand that as they grow older, because this series is pretty old, it's what, 2006? So... People will watch it now and see, oh my god, why was I even here in the first place, you know? Wait, and then was really it really that to, long ago? It wasn't 2000. It was, yeah, I, it's pretty old. I just looked it up on ANN. I think it's 2006. Oh my gosh! It was relatively recent. Kind of. Oh, yeah. 16? Just kidding then. It's still pretty old though. It's like four <laughs> it, yeah. or five years-ish. It, it feels but, like a lifetime ago though, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. The anime was in 2016 and then the second season is 2017. So that's my bad. <laughs> My time has been warped. Oh, but it's it aired in the magazine. It was originally running since 2009. Yeah, so it's a pretty old series altogether. And yeah, sorry, I made a mistake earlier about Har It was actually Haru who forgot because of a car accident and things like that. So he's kind of out of it. But even even through all that, he still decides that he wants to love his younger brother. And he there's like sexual tension as well. And I feel like Ren doesn't understand at his age, especially at 16. He's just, you know, pretty much in high school at that point, but he doesn't really understand what's going on. And Haru kind of got him like, oh, it's, it's okay. This is kind of like our relationship. And I think Ren is just pulled into that. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like the relationship was just wrong in so many ways. And the fact that Haru has other two adopted other, other two brothers, actually, as well. They're twins. They really don't add to the story, but they, their relationship is interesting as well because they kind of support both sides or see, kind of like mediates the relationship between Ren and Haru if things go wrong. But yeah, they definitely don't really add it. It's, between, it's very slow as well. So I, I don't know. It's just, I just feel like it was very hard for me to actually understand why, why they were together and why it was okay for Haru to think that way. He never really like second guessed. I feel like in other shows, maybe, I don't know if this happened in Koikimo, where the guy might have thought, is this really okay? I've seen in um, Hikehiro, where, you know, the guy's like, no, this is not the thing. Or in After the Rain, the guy thinks, you know, not okay at all. But I think Haru doesn't see that at all. So it's, it's, it's weird that he doesn't think about Ren that way, or kind of wants him to grow up on his own and maybe grow up like his other two, the twins as well, because, you know, they grew up on their own. And Haru was kind of like the bigger brother, but he's a different kind of bigger brother to Ren. Mm -hmm. Right. I think, yeah, that's actually really, you're right. Even in Kuei there was an episode where he was like, oh, maybe this isn't the right thing to do, which is like, nah, duh, it's not the right thing to do. Uh, but the fact that he didn't even consider it, and also that's like his adoptive younger brother brother mm -hmm. there's just so much wrong with that i don't i don't even know where to begin to like talk about how that's very very wrong yeah yeah some people might argue there's development through the episodes 
and honestly I didn't really think there was much of a development. People might be saying that the development is the fact that they grew older, but yes, that's what they did. They grew older, and I feel like the characters are still the same, especially Haru, who hasn't really changed. His personality kind of stays the same throughout the series. Mm. And it's kind of more just kind of unraveling his backstory or things like that or what he thinks, but I think we never really get a clear answer of why that happens or you know, if Ren is actually helping him through it or if he's just relying on Ren because of all this, like he wants to be in love or something like that, really. Yeah, you're right. There's no way to fix this. I'm sorry, Isabel. <laughs> the setup is so problematic from start to end. <laughs> Even I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain, like, how 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 does this bro con relationship with the weird step siblings evolve into something more healthy? It doesn't. I, I had a feeling Agnes was inside her mind was doing the whole meme of the guy with the red strings and like trying to connect all the characters together in their relationships. I'd be like, okay, so he's he's his adopted brother, but then he forgot about him and then like Yeah, I think I I completely like blanked out at one point. I'm just like there's no solution. This doesn't work. <laughs> my brain just shut down. I think it is really troubling, though, and I'm glad that you actually picked this anime, Isabel, because I don't think enough people talk about how prevalent this sort of age gap romance is in Yaoi and BL stories. And, you know, Agnes, you did touch on this briefly, where it's like only Yuri is the one who seems to be able to avoid it, though Yuri has its own other problems, but um, Yuri seems to be able to avoid it while uh, the other genre or like heterosexual uh, relationships and then gay relationships don't really avoid it. But I would say probably that in BL and Yaoi, this is even more common than heterosexual love stories and so and not a lot of people talk about it at all so i'm actually really glad isabel that this was one of your picks so yeah you know now that i think about it because the vast majority of bl, BL writers are female uh and not ex- not including the uh minority that is actually of gay writers do you think the female writers because they write the bl they're also partially inspired by heterosexual stories and use similar troops of that into their stories oh 100 percent. i mean this okay. is where because i'm point. just like this this if it doesn't crop up in yuri i don't know why it crops up in just both yaoi well, and I mean, heterosexual even think about it, the couples. whole concept of semi uke is can essentially be relegated to the girl in the relationship and the guy in yeah. the relationship so yeah how problematic already. yeah it's a it's a whole problem and now we have adoptive brothers uh problems in there as well so <laughs> no yeah. well, definitely the, i think those are the things that i looked for in the show as well kind of like ignoring like, one ignore the age gap okay all right they're in a relationship um but they do like cute things together right so i think those are the moments that i live for when i was watching anime when i was in that mindset uh because you know how just finds ren pretty cute the most of it actually is pretty is cute um when he's kind of like a dog and stuff like that or he does funny things so there are those like comedic moments that are great and um but yeah it's definitely hard for people to see i feel like other than the fact that he might find each other cute or something or look up to one another it's hard to like uh, back up the fact that it should be okay yeah yeah and the fact that they're using a dog as the Mm -hmm. motif of the story to explain how he's antisocial kind of makes it sound like he's just some, I guess, in the worst uh, case scenario. You had to say and it. And it has a lot of, 
it's there it's literally there (laughs) right in your face and there's also like some weird like i guess bdsm undertones even though the series doesn't have bdsm it feels very strange like the master and the dog Mm -hmm. kind of situation i'm like oh i don't know about this Uh, well, okay, since you are quite literally incapable of fixing this, um, what did you pick as one that somehow managed to twist it in a way that you're more comfortable with, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't able to find one, to be honest, but I will Wow, one that I feel like is okay, but I don't know what you two think, because okay. when there's um, a character, and usually I see this in hetero relationships but where you know the girl is younger um but then the guy (laughs) maybe has lived thousands of years i don't know why i'm okay with oh yeah coming summer kiss all of those inuyasha age is like out the window (laughs) so i'm like okay the age doesn't matter anymore basically (laughs) just kind of like this like you you can't you can't name the age anymore those types i'm actually okay with i don't know why i think they do a better job at making me forget about the age gap because it's maybe too far to <laughs> it's shoved under the rug. It's a thousand years. It's inconsequential. Don't even. It, it is kind of a unique circumstance. I know exactly what you're talking about, Isabel, because I am also more okay with that as well. It's. I think it's because the way they portray the thousand-year-old characters, they still look like teenagers. Like they look like they're similar ages to each other. They don't act in any shape or form like more mature or aware of the world or anything like that. Mm. So you're able to your mind is able to perceive this thousand year old, this old spirit, this whatever character more as like that teenager rather than a thousand year old creature. I uh, That's my guess, at least. But because I'm in your same boat, Isabel, I am actually more OK with that as well. So <laughs> Yeah, now I think back on it, it's also all these thousand-year-old creatures that kind of cling on to you, the protagonist, are also in that weird shtick of they see the reincarnated lover Mm -hmm. of theirs in there. Mm. So they never really mature or develop by by up until that point at all. So they're still, I guess, quote-unquote pubescent? Not sure. Yeah, it's almost like they're, like, because in a way, their body is stuck, you know? So it would be... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's like, and this is me, we're going too technical here, but I'm like, biologically speaking, that would mean their, like, mentality is stuck in that age bracket as well, so, um, yeah, it's it's a unique situation for sure, but I think it's it's one of the ones that somehow works, and you're able to sort of disassociate more. I mean, it's a completely different situation from Koikimo, where the guy is obviously working you know and he's had like adult women in relationships or um after the rain where once again the guy is working and and like is in the real life like it it just something about it feels a little different and then when they get portrayed as you know the same teenager mindset with the same teenager looking body they become teenagers in your head so it no longer feels like an age gap really it just feels like yeah. a teenager relationship these are more <laughs> categorized as like supernatural type film uh, type anime or maybe fantasy so you know your head goes that way instead of seeing it as a romance that's based in reality and this is something that could actually happen so right yes that's my take mm-hmm. on that though mm-hmm. yeah no i think you're correct in that regard 
Um, yeah, so that is our wrap up then in that case uh, in regards to the age gap romances, namely between teenagers and adults in anime that we don't think managed to pull it off. Though, interestingly, Agnes did choose one that ended well, so good for them. Um, and then um, <laughs> as well as anime that does manage to pull it off in very, very unique circumstances or genre as a whole, you know, like Isabel said with the whole like kind of in a way, it's kind of like Beauty and the Beast, you know, the Beast oh, character yeah. with the beauty. So uh Oh, God, you're yeah. right. And Asian Magnus yeah. Bride, I think, fits in that regard, too. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, it's the beast and the, the young girl, yep. yeah. So, with that being said, um, in the few minutes we have left, we've got to continue Agnes's uh, adventures in France because we need to know what happens next. So, let us know, Agnes. This random guy rescues you, even though another random guy led you into the situation in the first place. So, what do you do? <laughs> Uh, so he seemed very, like, very charming in a weird way because he asked me, like, are you the destined she-wolf who was sent to us? And that, that sounds like a very prophecy kind of thing that makes you feel like the shonen protagonist. But then I'm also like, I'm just an ordinary immigrant who came over to France because I'm an expat of my country. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not the she-wolf. And I don't know why you brought me here or who you are. And I don't think I'm your savior at all. Um, and I pretty much want to demand for explanations. Um, but he keeps being really cryptic about it. He keeps frowning and he begs me to stay by saying things like, but the prophecy said you'd be here tonight in the catacombs on the, and very strangely, he also added on the moonlight of the seventh day. And I say, this is weird. No, dude, I am not anyone special. Please don't, don't make me do this. And then for some reason, because he keeps begging, he becomes a little bit more insistent. And then his behavior turns a bit menacing. And he says, well, I'll just have to take you then. And at that point, I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> no. And so I grab one of the bones behind him that was sitting on the shelf and I stab his hand. I literally like, spin it in my hand to, to the more sharpened end and I stab it. And he screeches and he tries to grab me, but then I dodge and kick up the wall and then I drop kick his ass and then I, and then I just book it. I book it out of where he was, where the hole that we were coming from after the footsteps left behind the wall because apparently there are footsteps coming towards me after I stabbed his hands. And so I just tried to make a beeline wherever I could to run away and somehow I find the entrance that I came out of and I step up and I just breathe in the night sky. And that's where we'll end the story from there because we're running out of time. We are really running out of time. This was a long episode this today. So, all right. Well, I'm glad you're able to escape. So that's a great piece of news. And uh, hopefully you're, I mean, you're back here. So hopefully the rest of your trip ended well without any sort of drama. I can only hope so. <laughs> we can't. We only have to see. All right. Well, thanks to you, everyone, for listening to us today. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on the topic, as well as the continuations of Agnes's adventures in France. And I hope you will be with us next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.